and welcome to Dice and a Slice, the only D&D 5e podcast powered by Baked Goods. My name is Joshua Gould. I am your dungeon master, an acolyte of the stinky cheese man, and a wielder of sarcasm. While you were partying, I was practicing the blade. I'm joined tonight by a slice of chocolate beetroot cake. It's moist, it's rich, and it's super chocolatey. It's also got a layer of strawberry jam in the middle, which just kind of takes it to another level. Not to mention ooh. the delicious layer of chocolate ganache and chocolate shavings on top. Ooh, ooh, Thanks, ooh. mum. You got my request. Um, <laughs> I've also got a lovely glass of Bramble Porter by Fierce Brewery, and it's so good. I'm just having a really nice, like, chocolatey, fruity time. That sounds so good. That's quite a good pairing. It sounds very, yeah. like, complimentary. Mm. Very complimentary. This is telling me all kinds of nice things about myself. Maybe <laughs> I'll give it a kiss later. Alicia, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> me and that beer are going to fight. <laughs> I always knew it would end this way. <laughs> but yeah, so my name's Jazz, uh, and I today have a cappuccino... And separately to my beverage, I have a strawberry donut. Ooh, Ooh good choice. Because it's, it's summertime. We love a classic. Is it like a jam donut, like with strawberry jam, or is it like a ring donut? Yeah, it's a ring donut with like the strawberry icing on it. Yeah. As long as it's not a custard donut, you're okay in my books. Oh, really? Oh, no, I oh. love a custard donut. I also love a custard oh, donut. Cannot Wait, stand now it. split evenly down the middle with custard lovers and custard deniers. Oh, interesting. <laughs> custard deniers. No, honestly, when... The thought of a custard donut makes me feel unwell. Yeah. And I didn't eat them for years as a child because I was like, why would I want to put cold custard in my mouth? Yeah. And then my friend forced me to try one and was like, please, I really think you'll like it. And spoiler alert, I did, but I avoided them for years no, just because mentally, yeah. no. I was exactly the same. Custard's you know? the fucking worst. <laughs> Look, all I could say is it's dough egg. It has a doughy middle. No, it has. A, that's the opposite. It has a doughy outside and a very wet middle, and I don't like it. How is that different to a jam donut? Uh, because jam. a jam donut isn't made jam of egg. Jam is also wet, but it's not made of egg. Also has a doughy edge. That is it's, what Tom it's just not, said. It's not, it's not sweet vanilla egg. Ain't no egg. Okay, what's wrong with sweet vanilla egg? I fucking hate custard. Josh oh, does well. just hate custard, point blank. So you know how like. Uh, during Prohibition, there are people like, uh, lips that touch liquor shall never touch mine. I'm the same, but with custard. Oh, Alicia. <laughs> it's great. I eat custard all the time. <laughs> She's not been kissed for years. <laughs> uh, hi, my name's Alicia and I play Tala. And um, I don't have my slice with me right now. I must say my slice is, is an older slice from yesterday because Josh and I went to a garden centre and we bought cake while we were looking at plants because I feel like that's the only time you can do it. And I had a delicious slice of red velvet, Ooh. which, as you folks might know, is one of my favourite cakes and Josh tried it and he said it was nice. I did say it was nice. You did enjoy it. I did enjoy well, it. Well, well, I know. So I feel like I, I won yesterday, but it was a very delicious cake from Urban Jungle, somewhere in Norwich, and they sell lots of plants, so we spent a lot of money on plants and cake. Excellent. Yeah. Segway. My name's Tom. Hi. Oh, um, that's exactly how you do segues. You just yell segue before the statement you're about I to make. I read it in a book. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Tom. Hi. Um, and uh, I will be playing Bloody Sobek. And I am joined today by a rather interesting treacle tart. Um, I say it's interesting because there's a lot of lemon zest in it. Um, and I'm not sure that I like it. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. I really like like lemon 
and zest, but the astringency of uh, the lemon doesn't quite pair with the treacly treacleness of the treacle. Yeah, treacle's kind of like round and sweet flavoured. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so rounded, sweet and, and uh, sharp and sweet. Um, one's going to pop the other. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, would, I don't think I'd want lemon in a treacle tart. So I've had a third of it. Um, and I think I'm done. <laughs> and welcome to our special food waste episode. I'd, I'd um, like to get down from the table now, please. <laughs> thank you for my lovely dinner. Please, may I get down? I had to say that um, at dinners when I was a kid. Yeah, I had to ask. Um, I'd say, yeah. please, may I get down? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I'd enforce it with my kids now. <laughs> really, I was going to say, I think that's a weird fucking thing to do. And no. I, would, I would not have that. <laughs> no, not at all. I can tell that the, the uh, shepherd training is going really well. It's <laughs> <laughs> going real good. Yeah, we've got two very different styles here. <laughs> Tala, why don't you catch us up with what happened last time? So last time we were fighting on the boat with Scourge and um, we swiftly started to realize that we were a bit outnumbered and maybe overpowered. So we decided best to maybe just leave that because, you know, we were all getting hit and Bodhi was looking real bloody. Um, so Skylar jumped off. I just managed to swipe the key at the last moment. So we did get the key, which is great. And Bodhi waited for me to leave so we could leave the boat together, which was nice of them. And then the Black Razor like submerged itself into the water and disappeared. So who knew boats could do that? We decided to go back to our boat and just relax and have a drink. And we kind of spent our night separate from each other. Um, I don't know what the others were up to, but I did my ritual in the water and was greeted by a fish. And I got a really nice message from my mom back home and she's safe and my family are safe, which is good. And then Bodhi had posted the pamphlet all about me under my door with a little note that was very sweet. Um, turns out I'm being blamed for a whole heap of stuff back home. And um, then Tiny came in and we had a hug cuddle and it was nice. And that's about it. Meanwhile, along the banks of a muddy bayou, a lone huntsman approaches a lone figure hunched behind a low-lying shrub. The last thing the hunter sees is his own face as his life and memories enter the creature that now holds his visage. Have a lovely little sleep in your little room at the front of the boat. Oh no. And uh, Tom, this is a bit of an initiation for you. You have a dream. Oh no. Oh goodness. And in this dream, Bodhi, you're sat on a little chair next to a little table in a plaza. You've got a small cup of very strong coffee. And actually you recognize that this is Nakoti at some time. The sun is out, it's nice and warm. It's lovely, and you're having some really lovely, charming conversation. What would you say is Bodhi's type? Ooh. Ooh. I'm so excited to hear this. Yeah, that's a really good question. Would it be too much of a cop-out to say, I don't think Bodhi cares what, the, what, what Bodhi feels from this person mm -hmm. across 
from him is I think the thing that matters to Bodhi the most um, and though their form kind of coalesces in many many different ways different genders different races altogether it's the sort of character of this being that really comes across in the dream okay so, so what energy is Bodhi attracted to if it's like yeah an energy what's thing? the energy what's the vibe the, the, the vibe that is coming across is acerbic cheekiness and a big exuberant laugh um, are the two sort of <laughs> biggest things that come through. Cool. There's sort of jibes um, and general kind of banter um, sure. <laughs> between the two. So the two of you are, are sat there on that palazzo and you actually can't get a good look at what they look like. You can't really, like every time you look at them, they kind of shift. It's like that thing in a dream when you try and look at the thing that you're trying to talk to or run away from. Mm. You just can't quite do it. But you know that they're very funny and they're very funny and they're very quick as well. And it's like when you're having this conversation with them, it's it's the verbal version of when you're like in a swimming pool with someone that you're that you fancy and you're kind of splashing them yeah. and they splash you back. It's it's it is the exact verbal sensation of that. And you've both got these these glasses of it's not quite wine, it's orangey and kind of thick but light and you sip it and you feel kind of renewed and, and, and invigorated. Skylar, can you please roll me a wisdom saving throw at advantage? Goodness gracious me. Why why am I more scared of this than I was of the actual oh, yeah. fight? Fighting is much less terrorizing than dreams. That's a twenty-one. Skylar, during your meditation, your mind kind of drifts a little. And, you know, you sort of align these thoughts of home and you sort of find this singular determination to return there and do the thing that you need to do. You are unencumbered by dreams. Well, Ooh. ain't that nice. Tala, can you please roll me a wisdom saving throw? At advantage because of your shell. Yeah, I was going to say I've got Michelle. Whoop. You've got Michelle with you. That's a 14. Oh, wow. Yeah, I rolled an 8 and an 11 with advantage. Tala, you drift off to sleep presumably in the arms of Tiny. Mm. And in your dream, you are walking along a sandy beach. The sun is just dipping over the horizon. It's a beautiful sunset view. Mm -hmm. The beaches are sort of clear, but there are shells there every now and again. And the water is sort of warmly lapping up against your ankles. In your right hand, you're holding hands with Tiny. Mm -hmm. In your left hand, you're holding hands with Cass. And the three of you are just having a really lovely time on the beach. You've had a nice day. You've been for dinner and you you sort of went for a walk and looked at all the historic buildings and you're you're walking down the sand and you look back and sure enough all, all your footprints are there and the waves rush up and they they wash away the past and you just feel this deep sensation of being loved Aww. by by these people around you Bodhi and Tala, can you both make me a constitution saving throw, please? Oh no. <laughs> Am I gonna take like temporary hit points of love? Is that what's happening? <laughs> That's uh, 17 plus 1 for an 18. That is 13 plus 8 for a 21. Okay. You both take 16 psychic damage. (gasps) You do not wake up. You do not suffer the full effects of this thing. Oh my goodness. We're in danger. (laughs) All all three of you uh, wake up or finish your meditation. Bodhi and Tala, you just feel really content. Oh, that's so interesting and I hate it. That's (laughs) terrifying. And I think, Skylar, you're probably the first one to wake up, aren't you? Yeah. You wake up on your boat in your crow's nest. Yeah. And you see the little 
tails and the little drawings that you've been inscribing on the inside of the crow's nest. And the sun's coming up and the last hope is starting to wake up itself. Not literally, I should hasten to add. <laughs> and you see that there's a couple of people gathering on the dock outside your boat. I hang my head down. You see a, a small collection of, of people stood out there. They've all got like bags over their shoulders. Oh. They're sort of, some of them are standing with their hands on their hips. Recruits! And sure enough, they are they are dressed as though they are ready for crew in a boat. We got crew! He shouts as he jumps down. Uh, they all look up and, and see you as you're, as you're sort of running down. But the first one that you see and that sort of catches your eye is uh, as an older human woman. She's got a sort of a pair of glasses perched on the end of her nose. She has her hair kind of in a tightish beehive. It seems to be standing there with a bit of air of authority. But there are others stood there as well. Um, you see a couple of elves. There's a single dwarf there as well. Um, the dwarf is already drinking which, you know... Respect, hey. love him instantly. What does he look like? She... Oh! She has got a quite dark hair, but also very... Basically, I'm going to say stony features. She's got a sort of a slightly furrowed brow, but there's a hint of levity behind the eyes. She wears a full coat, and actually you notice now that in one hand, while she's got a, a bottle of booze, like, she's strapped to the nines with pistols and guns and, like, bags of gunpowder. You don't reckon that she slept <laughs> oh. this, this evening. Um, and she's actually chatting with the with the human woman. It seems as though the human woman um, is reprimanding this, this dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. I love that. I think um, hearing through the deck the, the muffled uh, shouting of Skylar saying, uh, we have recruits, Bodhi starts to, doesn't sort of dawdle, but also doesn't rush to uh, get ready, kind of puts clothes back on, takes up his spell book and yeah, walks out the door. Yeah, Tala would also, I assume she would hear so she would get herself all ready go head out onto the deck yeah ahoy there uh, the human woman looks up and says ahoy we are we're on the right day isn't it this is when we're supposed to be here yes yes definitely the right day welcome come on board and you guys know that this is uh, Nicola Rosinha who is your first mate <gasps> and shortly behind her comes the dwarf Evelyn Alexander and she says oh well you woke up in enough time, didn't you? Ah, well, you know, we're here. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, we're here. Ah, well, that's true. You are here, which is more, more than most people can say at this hour. Uh, you guys know that Evelyn is your gunner <gasps> who maintains, like, the naval artillery and large-scale arms. Mm -hmm. The second she gets on the boat, you notice she's wearing spurs, which is kind of weird. Love that for <laughs> her. Is that because she straddles the gun? Pretty much. Yes! <laughs> she immediately goes up to the cannons and just starts doing that thing when you're seeing a second-hand car like kicks the tires <laughs> several more of the crew arrive and you guys just sort of just dribs and drabs over time it's a fair mix of humans halflings and elves it seems as though evelyn is your only dwarven member which isn't anything other than a statement of of what she is <laughs> so what i've done is divide the crew up to three into three different departments. Ooh. And each of you are gonna be in charge of your respective departments. And I'm gonna need you each to rate the three factors of your department on a scale of one to three. Most important to least important. And this is gonna reflect your character's management style. Oh, no. oh I love this. <laughs> so the three departments are the deck department, 
the rigging department and the standing officers. Deck department are the people that sort of, they swab the deck and they do a lot of the maintenance and they also like handle the loading of guns and stuff. Uh, the rigging department is rigging and sails and masts and the standing officers are basically all of the admin stuff and the crew welfare stuff and the general other below deck maintenance, things like the caulker who seals holes. Um, Tala and Tiny are going to be in charge of the deck department. Skylar and Shimmer are going to be in the rigging department. Hell yeah. And the standing officers are going to be managed by Bodhi and Pat. Bodhi and Pat. Now, the logic there being, Tala is the captain, Tiny is the quartermaster. They both kind of need to be on deck, but also power couple. Skylar and Shimmer in the gods. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Shimmer, by the way, who now that Skylar has taken upon himself to be the navigator, Shimmer has had the role of surgeon shoved upon them. They're gonna smash oh, wow. it. Shimmer is now the ship's surgeon. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Shimmer's just going to repeat people's like, Ter you know when you're so worried about dying that you start saying all this really like yeah. worrying stuff and they're just going to repeat it back at them. I can see the light. I can see the light. I, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Oh God, this is so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving Bodhi the bosun and Pad, who doesn't have a role currently. Oh, he does. He's the pilot. Okay, if you want Pad to be the pilot, pilot's the one that steers the boat. I thought we discussed Pad being the pilot because then so, he has a title, but he doesn't necessarily have too much power. I also need it to be confirmed what it actually is called. Who is the person who steers the boat? That's the That's pilot. The pilot. Is, it, is it called pilot even back in the day? Yeah. yeah. Why? Pilots for the air. It's technically from the medieval Latin pilotus. Um, which is an alliteration of pedota, which is based on Greek pedon, which is derived from Poseidon. <gasps> oh shit! Love that. How fun! So it was pilot before pilot of of the of the ocean before it was pilot of the sky. How fun! I love that. So Tyler and Tiny, your three things that your crew will be responsible for, I guess, are are the ship's AC, mm -hmm. the ship's HP, and how good the ship is at hitting things. Genuinely thought you meant air conditioning. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Same air conditioning. So, what is most important? AC, HP, or hitting stuff? I would say HP. Okay, and then? I'm gonna say to hit. Okay, and that leaves AC in third. Up in the rigging, where you control the ship's speed, the ship's positioning, and the ship's stealth. <laughs> we, we know what's first. But we also know that we're at a disadvantage to our stealth anyway. Uh. So, Skylar. <laughs> Uh, what is the most important to the rigging team in terms of speed, stealth, and positioning? Okay, I'm gonna go position, speed, stealth. Ooh! I love that! In a move no one expected! Because we're love already it. at a negative to stealth, so why try to bring ourselves up to a neutral? Also, I think it's nice to almost lean into standing out a bit, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. We're an unusual pirate ship. Living yeah. that flamboyance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, let's just fucking embrace what we are and the fact that we can't stealth and instead just be really fucking deadly mm, yeah. when it comes to our speed and our position. Yeah, love that. Bodhi. Yeah. The things that the standing officers are in charge of are the quality of the vessel, mm -hmm. um, which includes crew morale, Ooh. communications, so how well messages are spread around the ship, 
and rest. Ooh. How well the crew are able to rest. Fuck, those are all really important. Oh, goodness Ooh, me. Those are good. Um, I think I'm going to go quality of vessel, okay. then rest, then comms. Ooh, okay. interesting. I think, I think morale and sleep are integral to... Yeah. Us not bitching about it incredibly well. <laughs> yeah. So each of these things will relate to a stat on your stat block um, with your ship's HP... Your AC, your attack to hit with stuff, the speed, so the movement speed per round, uh, any stealth advantages that you may or may not have, um, any manoeuvres you can do. Love that. As well as, and this this is why Bodhis was important, your proficiency bonus. (gasps) Okay. Like the ship's charisma. Yeah. Like how well the crew are able to intimidate people or, you know, be quiet or anything like that. And also... um, how well your crew will rest and that's just like a that's just like a passive healing thing good job guys you've made some difficult decisions yeah but over the course of the kind of the morning while you guys are waking up the rest of the crew kind of come on board everyone here you guys did interview but some of them you didn't necessarily interview with a position in mind um but you (laughs) thought well hang on they could be a good apprentice and they might learn a little something and, you know, we should pay pay it forwards with our experience. Oh, yeah. And these two young people go by the name of Quofa Moss Spirit, who is a little halfling. Oh. Like a little halfling, who is Skylar's apprentice rigger. Okay, cool. And the slightly gaunt-looking human teenager called Junior Revy, who is the cabin boy i love them already and those two seem to come on together like at a similar time like they're really just really good friends a little quofa sort of like a little halfling so even small by halfling standards (coughs) body towers over quofa has got this sort of almost cherubic little face little golden eyes that glimmer in the sunlight just really cute like oliver twist energy (laughs) perfect (laughs) while junior looks a little more pale and washed out but arrives and sort of already has the telltale early calluses on hands of someone who's already done a little stint at sea with a bit of rope work. The rest of the crew come on and people start putting themselves in the right positions and things like that. I think Tala would make an effort to speak to everyone and show them where they should be and just kind of, I don't know, just be a presence and make sure that she's at least spoken to everyone once and kind of given them a bit of information. Sure, you're able to do that easy enough. You are not a full compliment, but as you walk around and, and talk to people, you speak to speak to some of your compatriots, and actually Nicolos makes a point of coming to speak to you first and says, uh, yes, mm-hmm. I hope they're a good crew, and they should be pretty in spit spot working condition by the looks of them. And she sort of gently eyes one person who's come on and just hasn't stopped chain smoking since they came on. <laughs> Their name is Beavis Travis. Beavis uh, Travis, like a, got, I love. They've got like a got like a pipe coming out of their mouth and like big ginger mutton chops Aww. and like a like a, a thing tied over their head. Uh, you, Tala loves them. <laughs> Beavis Travis is uh, the midship person and is like Bodie's second in command with regards to all boat stuff. Incredible. How tall are they? Beavis Travis is a hulk of a man. He is like six foot seven and he's a human. Oh my God, I love that next to Bodhi. That was exactly what I wanted you to say, Josh. Thank you. But he's he's got, like he's covered in tattoos. He's got a scar across the bridge of his nose, but he's got the biggest, most like jolly laugh. Oh. But he's just got this pipe that he is just like, he's just topping it up, which isn't what you're supposed to do with pipes. He's just <laughs> topping it up with tobacco. Um, you, you feel, 
feel like he could get like a silo for it or something. I think when they first meet, um, uh, Bodhi looks him up and down and just kind of goes, is someone having a laugh? Like, uh, no offence, Beavis, you, you're great, I'm, I'm sure. But uh, like, really? Yeah, you weren't there during the hiring process. We didn't realise just how hilarious this would be. I, I mean, Skylar, Tala, like, have you just have you just got a bigger me? Is this... Well, uh, you know, this way... You've got access to everything, you know? Okay, okay. And it's it's like it's like a maxi me, not a mini me, hey. Exactly. And he does this big booming laugh that almost like rattles the the planks of the boat. <laughs> and Bodhi, you just feel like this hand the size of like a frying pan just clap down on your shoulder, push you forwards ever so slightly. Is Hey, Bodhi, come on, we can we can be really good friends. We can work well together, can't we? And he, he just reeks of nicotine. <laughs> Look, Beavis, I know this for a fact, and we are going to be firm friends, let me tell you. All, all we need to do is, whenever we seem together, I need to be much closer to the person than you are, okay? So that we kind of we kind of level each other out a little bit. How about that? <laughs> hey, uh, you stay close to them, and I'll stay far away. That's the one. <laughs> see, I knew you guys would get on, see? Yeah, this was expertly planned on our part, yeah. Yeah, definitely part of the plan. Mm-hmm. And as you're sort of having this conversation, you hear the telltale signs of Shimmer having a bad day Aww. from the top of the crow's nest. And you see there is a a halfling who's kind of dressed in like harem pants and like a yellow tabard that's tied with a bit of string. They also have like just tattoos all over their arms and like hair that's kind of loose and long, but kept in tight braids, jumping around and like Shimmer's just trying to bonk them, <laughs> trying to stop them from jumping around. And you can just sort of make out them taunting Shimmer. Like, hey, come on, no, I'm supposed to be, just let, st- stop it, stop, stop it. Shimmer, what's going on up there? <laughs> like Sh- Shimmer looks down directly at you, Skylar, and it's it's a very intense moment. <laughs> you think like for a minute Shimmer's eyes have turned red or something, and then they slowly turn towards this this halfling who's already just like holding onto a bit of rope and sliding their way down. They land just deftly on their feet. There's there's no effort about it at all, mm-hmm. and you know this to be uh, Tarden Great Cobble, the chief rigger and second in command to Skylar. Cute. You causing trouble already. Uh, look, I cannot be held responsible for... Your actions? My actions. <laughs> uh, and Skylar finds a kindred spirit. <laughs> 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 so you guys have sort of met your deputies, for lack of a better. And yeah, people sort of get on. They start talking to each other. And then the last member of your crew comes in. And in many ways, they are the most disposable member of the crew. In that they have, like, the least amount of experience... And you just kind of needed someone to do the do the rubbish jobs. <laughs> so someone walks up the gangplank and they have a saunter about them, but he's he's got this shock of like blonde, almost Fred from Scooby-Doo <laughs> style hair. Mm. He's got like a black neckerchief and a, a crisp white shirt with a huge splayed collar, like tight black trousers and boots that look fresh. 
like they've never seen water or anything. But he's got this really chiseled, stubbly jaw and looks like your quintessential, like, love in the time of scurvy <laughs> book cover guy. Yeah, he looks like he <laughs> should be called John Smith. Yes, very John Smith. Um, but he walks in and you know this to be the rating and the rating is the lowest person on the ship. Uh, his name is Emmett Wyndham. And he, he walks in, he's got like a, a shiny short sword on his hip. And he's just sort of walking on going, hi, hi, yeah. hi, everyone. Hi, lovely to see you. Look at everyone getting to know each other. Hi, Emmett, by the way, Emmett. Yeah, it's me, Emmett, yeah. Yeah, you've probably heard of me. Hey, Nicola, uh, yeah. just feel free to just keep an eye on that one, okay? Oh, I will. I love him. It's about time we got some himbos <laughs> yeah. in here. Do you know what is so funny? His energy is exactly the same as Pad's, and yet Skylar loves this guy. I love this and guy. <laughs> this guy, Emmett, has rocked up, and even though he's being like, hey, hi, nice to meet you, he is the lowest ranking person on the ship, and I gotta love him for that. He's you know? outranked by the cabin boy oh. and by the apprentice rigger. I think as <laughs> as he comes up in all of his uh, bluster, I think I've just been uh, sat chatting with Beavis, and uh, we both in tandem look at him, look at each other, and just laugh. Uh, <laughs> just oh, <laughs> you're mean. I, sw- I swap, Bodie. Look, sometimes you have to dress the part, and sometimes you actually are the part. That's all I'm saying. Emmett walks towards you, Bodie, after you like burst out laughing. He's like, "Hey, hi, how's it going?" Em- Emma <clears throat> stops, <laughs> turns around and goes like, Oh, look what you've done to him! You absolute bastard! <laughs> Bodie, can you roll me uh, an insight check at disadvantage? Oh, no. <gasps> what did you do to him? <laughs> that was a 12 and a 13, so it's a 12. This guy seems like he wants to make a really good first oh, impression. Oh, buddy, oh, buddy. Oh. I think seeing that, I, I sort of uh, straighten up from where I've been leaning on uh, on probably just a coil of rope or something, uh, stand up and go, hey, buddy, it's great to have you here. Um, uh, a, a, a ship is only as, uh, as strong as its weakest link. Um, and I can already tell that you're pretty strong already, so uh, we're going to have um, a whale of a time, I tell you. And I, I, I just sort of put my hand <laughs> out and uh, give him the, the sort of Terminator uh, handshake. Oh, thanks. He bungles it. His hand goes too far up your arm. Buddy, buddy, that's a fist. Um, I, 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 we need to grab oh, hands. Oh, I see. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's my first time. Yeah, no, that's absolutely... Um, oh, that's oh. you guys. Yep, that's my nipple. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys know, not masses about Emmett, you do know that he is an actor. <laughs> when he came to you during the interviews, he was like, look, I'm an actor, I was left here by some pirates, and I just really want to learn how to do the pirating thing. And I think I'd be really good at it. I've got the attitude, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trained in stage combat, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm a dab hand on a horse, I can ride a horse. Um, have you got any horses on your boat? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine the most cliched conversation you could have with an actor yeah. but without any yeah yeah mm, totally yeah none of that he seems to be quite earnest yeah i think especially for for tara and Bodhi, like like skyler you think this guy's great i think he's just sweet yeah he, he's just a really sweet guy who's trying his best Tana and Bodhi, who have got a slightly more critical eye you, you see that this is a guy who wants to do well and seems good-natured, okay. like, at his core. Yeah, I think Tyler specifically in the hiring was like, 
he's got an energy and a drive and is obviously keen to learn and also it'd probably benefit him to be part of a group where he is the the weakest link so he can yeah. learn mm. ranking and how to get through in that kind of scenario yeah at the end of the day it is about drive it is about power and we do need to stay hungry um, and <laughs> devour. devour yeah mm -hmm. um so so long as you so so long as you remember those uh, key things emmett you, you're on to a winner i tell you <laughs> thanks i really appreciate it look i'm looking forward to working with you guys i'm gonna go to my room and you know get stuff uh, where is that by the way yeah sure just if you follow um everyone downstairs you'll see there is the crew kind of barracks i guess as it were oh um, you okay? Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely fine. Um, Miss Sold. Uh, in my own head, I've read too many novels. Too many uh, sort of romance, piratey novels. Sure. Oh, buddy. Well, hey, if you have any problems or anything, you can come to me. If I'm not around, you can go to Nicola. Oh, yes. Uh, I, 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 Captain. I think that's the first time Tala's heard that, and she's like, oh, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, genuine pleasure. Um, uh, we're, we're looking forward to training you up. Hey. And I'm looking forward to being trained up. I'm really, really determined that I'm going to prove myself to be here, you guys. I think I'm right for this part. And <laughs> I, I really thank you for taking a chance on me. I really appreciate it. Good. You are Good. so welcome. And, and he sort of he points over towards the little uh, hatch to go down. Over there? Okay. Yeah. I'll, great. I'll go over there. As he, yeah. as he great. walks away. He trips over a rope as he goes. <laughs> oh. Bodhi waves him away. And um, as, he, as he waves away, he just sort of, from the side of his mouth to Beavis, just says, make sure we tie him down if there's a storm. <laughs> oh, hello. Welcome aboard. You look like you had a difficult night's sleep. This place? It's the middle bit. It's where I, Josh, speak to you, the listener, about all sorts of real-world goodness. Now, don't worry. There are no new people to meet here, and any and all accidents are covered by a comprehensive insurance. Relax. And I think you should have a hearty glug of grog to get in the spirit of things. Yo-ho! First, some other heroes. They're back and just as brilliant as they have ever been, bringing you their live D&D shenanigans every Sunday afternoon in their homebrew world filled with mystery and magics. We're good friends with all the folks over at Some Other Heroes, being fellow Norwich people, and you may have recognised the vocal talents of Chris, the DM, as Nerigwen, the actual cat and actual psychopath, in our interview episode. If you'd like to catch up with them, make sure you're following them on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. Just search for Some Other Heroes to keep up to date with all of their adventures, and to find the other great creators they talk about in their Pride Doesn't End series. Some Other Heroes, our friends and yours. Second, Geeky Clean. It's a new month, which means it's time for a new bath bomb or shower steamer. If you're part of their Dice Bomb subscription service, you're bound to have had a gorgeous bath bomb replete with dice hurtling its way to your front door. Make sure you keep an eye on their website to catch their Dragon Deal of the Week, which, at the time of publication, is the Hydro, the pear, cherry, and vanilla sugar-scented bath bomb, which you can pick up for only £2.80. And, on top of that, did you know that you can get a further 10% off your order at checkout if you use the special discount code Dice in a Slice. That's D-I-C-E-N-A-S-L-I-C-E. -E. Geeky clean. Don't roll the dice at bath time. And finally, Open Door Theatre are bringing you a brand new production of Yippie Kaye, the musical for the diehard fans, which is exactly what it sounds like. The 1988 action film by John McTiernan, Jeb Stewart, and Stephen E. D'Souza 
based on the 1979 novel Nothing Lasts Forever, has been brought to life as an action-packed musical written by Daniel Sturman and directed by April Nash, coming to Norfolk, England in January 2023. But why am I mentioning it? Because... Dear listener, I can reveal to you today that myself, Josh, and Alicia have both been cast in this brand new show and can't wait to bring it to life with the rest of an incredibly talented cast and crew. So make sure you're following Open Door Theatre on Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date with all of their developments. And hey, while you're on the socials, why don't you make sure you're following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dyson Slice, where you can find our link tree, which has a link to our Discord, so that you can keep up to date with all things Dyson Slice, including future news about some Ko-Fi supporter exclusive content. Well, that's all from me. All that remains is to thank Benjamin and Rooney for their continued support over Ko-Fi, and to thank you all for listening and getting involved in each of your special ways. And, of course, the multi-talented Alicia, who works tirelessly to produce just the best podcast in the whole darn world. And now, back to the action. From the side of his mouth to Beavis just says, make sure we tie him down if there's a storm. <laughs> the three of you kind of gather at the helm by the by the steering wheel. What do you want to do? So we've got everyone. I was thinking over things last night and this morning. And I remember that when we were eavesdropping on those folks at the Last Hope, they were saying something about they don't know what we've been doing. We need to get back down there and something like that. And I feel like because of their vibe and especially seeing them on the boat, it's big Axel vibes. And I feel like something might be happening at the blue hole in the pub. So I'm thinking before we leave, I might just want to check on it. Sorry, did you say Axel? Yeah. Oh, shit. Are you a oh, follower? Heck no. no, 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 no. Okay. I was just, I, I mean, I was just kind of, I mean, are you? <laughs> no. If if the big thing I made you carve on the front of the boat wasn't a huge hint, yeah. um, I'm a Luskin. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so you're just going to go and like you know mess with that shit like well i figured we would go because you know team <laughs> oh, well, unless you don't want to well no li- uh, listen i mean i'm uh, just scared that if we if i don't go and check it out now and we then leave for god knows how long i don't want something to be getting worse here that we could have maybe just like nipped in the bud you honest, know honestly i just i mean it's a bit like uh you know frying pan fire i wasn't quite expecting for this ship to be quite as uh gung-ho with its attitude uh it's not a bad thing not a bad thing at all i was just kind of expecting this to be a slightly easier ride but uh, listen i'm 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 all for helping you i personally we just let a whole bunch of new people onto our new home i ain't feeling like leaving my new ship in the hands of a bunch of people we just hired. Oh, see, I was thinking it might be nice for them to get used to the space, no like pressure of us mingling around. Nicola is great and more than capable to kind of keep people in line, you know, for an afternoon. I'm sure, but I like to trust people with directions that I see with my eyes. You know these guys, mm-hmm. don't you? Pad, Tiny, 
Shimmer. Yeah. What are they? What are they like? Uh, yeah, I was about to say. What are they? Uh, are they capable? Oh yeah. Skyler, you feel Shimmer like land behind you <laughs> and is like standing impossibly close to you without touching you. Shimmer's always a bit aware of what's going on. Can uh, I help you, <laughs> little space? <laughs> what you think? This is a read on you. <laughs> yeah, I just I feel like you know they can get used to the space and Tiny is more than responsible and Pad will also be here to kind of keep an eye so when you say we're going to the blue hole what what are we aiming to look at they said something that they'd been doing something down there and no one knew about it and they had to get back to it and i don't know what it was but i feel like it's not a good thing so we have two options there was an entrance from the pub which has now been like covered up but as if it was never there. I feel like it's magic, which Bodhi wanted to understand. Or we can get to it from the bottom in the water if we had a way to breathe. If, if we need to get underwater, um, I, can, I can make us breathe under there if need be. I mean, uh, you don't need it, to be fair. I would always appreciate it. Scala, yeah. I'm <laughs> sure you would. And to be fair, I would too. Yeah, it might be easier. I don't know what magic they've put over in the pub, but it's just like you go... I don't know if you've been down there in the last few days, but it's like you get to the bottom floor and the dance hall and then it's just like a wall. There's just like nothing. Right, okay. Where are we going up and under from? We don't know where the hole comes out. Yeah, we do. Skylar, roll me a history check. Tala does. It's a 13. <laughs> you do remember um, previously Tala has swum around the waters of the Last Hope and saw those human-sized zombies that you fought. Oh, she yeah. She saw them walking around the outside of the Last Hope, but you guys fought them inside the blue hole. Right, okay. I don't want to go off and do all this good stuff in other places and leave this place just like battling something else. Poor Beer Beard has been through so much already. So, you know, I'm not saying we're going to go on some big, long mission, but we go check it out, make sure there's nothing wrong, and then, boom, we can set sail in the morning. Sure. I mean, I'm always willing to delay the exit to go back to Oasis. So. Tala just like puts a hand on Skylar's arm like, oh, but I get it. <laughs> can can Bodhi uh, insight check that? Yeah, go on then. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Insight check uh, versus Skylar's deception check. 19, I've got no pluses. I got an 11. <gasps> Jazz. Ooh. Obviously Skylar was being sarcastic, I'm guessing. What does Bodhi kind of get from that? There is a mixed amount of emotion. There is a genuine like, yeah, I would quite like to put that off but there is also a ever-growing frustration of you know when there's that bad shit that you don't want to deal with but you also know it's really important and you really should deal with it and every single day that you're delaying it is both like a relief but also the worst that's where he's at Mm -hmm. i think bodhi sort of uh sees that and kind of reaches up and pats your forearm and goes um We'll get there. We'll get there, I promise. He kind of like just like nods a little and kind of looks... He's sort of surprised that someone thought to look. And he kind of like looks down at Bodhi, gives a sort of like bashful, awkward guy (laughs) smile. (laughs) We know the sort. Cool. So if if everyone's good. Okay. Okay. And Tala just kind of like yells, I guess. It's like, can we get all the crew on the deck, please? just in the hopes that that like filters down. (laughs) Nicola immediately barks out the order. Like you you said it quite nicely, but she does it with just like, it's like a whip crack. 
I love her. And like you hear the sounds of feet and stuff and people coming up. It's not it's not as rushed as perhaps you would like it to be. Um, it's almost as though like the order gets through the boat quite slowly. <laughs> amongst people. Tom. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But they do all eventually sort of get there and gather and you guys are stood. You guys are stood at the helm and your crew are all gathered in front of you. For the first time, you guys are stood in front of your crew. Um, Pad is down there, as is Tiny. Shimmer is in the rafters still and will not come down. Yeah, cool. Tala kind of just like mutters to Bodhi and Skylar and it's just like, God, I've not done this in ages. And she kind of like shakes it off and she just takes a step forward and it's almost like she grows ever so slightly. Like she just looks very tall, very statuesque, very strong. Would you like to rage? <laughs> <laughs> Depends oh, what they've done. Power move. No, not now. She's going to save it for when we're in a storm or something and, you know really flex. Sure. So she stands forward. She's like, welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for being here so promptly this morning. We are so honored to have you on our crew. My name is Talassa. I'm the captain of this vessel. Uh, to my left, we have Skylar. They are our navigator. Uh, to my right is Bodhi. This is the bosun. And we would just like to welcome you to the Sakailia. And she kind of just like leaves a, a moment. There's, there's like a, there's like just like a, a general murmur. And then like a few people are like, oh, okay. Great. Okay. You see a uh, little Quofa is just down there like, Se, Sekai, Sekai. <laughs> so sweet. It's CC. C, CC. is much easier. Yeah, just go with that. And she's like, uh, we have a lot of work to do. But for now, we are going to give you guys some space to get used to the boat. So we are going to be off ship for the afternoon, attending to something. So get used to the space, pack your things away, get comfortable, find where things are, get used to moving around. Nicola will be in charge while I'm gone. So any problems, any issues, go to her, ask her for advice. In general, if you need help, if you have questions, if you need anything, you can come to me. Don't be scared and think you can't. But equally, if it's something Nicola can help with, that is what she is there for. So use her. She's very experienced and an expert. So please do go to her. Enjoy the afternoon. There is food. When you say there's food, people like are like, oh. <laughs> oh okay. If you find anything is missing or you think that there's something that we need, let us know. If not, we will see you this evening when we return. And she kind of just nods. There's like a there's like people clapping and they're like, yeah. <laughs> and there's just sort of a short a short but efficient ripple of applause. Tala just like gives a look to Nicola as if to be like, good. And she just like primary school teacher claps her hands. <laughs> And, and has them all sort of going off and doing things. You see some of the rigging department, Skylar, they're given like trust exercises to do. <laughs> trust fall off the rope. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Before we before we leave, I, I beckon Beavis and uh, Kelsey over. And to, to Beavis, I say, just make sure that everything's all right, that everyone knows what they're doing, that everyone knows where all the equipment is and that. And uh, Kelsey, if you could just go around and just make sure that you know who can, who can hold a sword, who can do this, who can do that, that'd be great. When you say make sure everyone sort of knows what they're doing, both their eyes sort of uh, drift over towards Emmett. Yep, yep. Um, we, you can leave him to last. Uh, I think that's fair enough, isn't it? Kelsey says, uh, uh, certainly, Bodhi, certainly. And uh, almost in contrast to, to Beavis, like where he's this big, verbose, you kind of know where he is all the time. Kelsey kind of almost, and it might be because she's an elf, has this same quality that Skylar has, that she can kind of just melt out of a conversation mm. or just drift out of your consciousness almost. Yeah. But you you feel like you've probably got left them in good hands. Great. I, I join the others um, and go, right, what's uh, what's what's first uh, first orders, Captain? 
Uh, cool. So from Tyler's memory, which she kind of can remember the area where she saw them like walking from. Yeah, it was sort of out, out the front, kind of by the reef. Great. So Tyler will lead the group to kind of the, as near as we can get on land. Yep. You guys, you guys hop off the boat, go along the dock, uh, down the promenade, past the various little shops that are now sort of opening up for the day. Um, and Tyler, yeah, you, you come to the area where you leapt into the water and saw those zombies that first time. Okay. So I think about here is where I remember seeing creatures making their way out. So by that logic, we can make our way in. So, I mean, I'm good. So Bodhi, you said you have something to keep you and Skylar breathing? Yes, uh, right. Um, And I just kind of like go to the water's edge and dip two fingers um, of each hand into into the water uh, and just sort of look up at Skylar and say, sorry, may I? Uh, yeah, go for it. Great. And kind of beckon you down a little bit so that I can reach and just sort of like bend. Simba two little crescent moons uh, onto the sides of your neck. <laughs> it makes him kind of go, <laughs> And as, as the water sort of trickles down, you can see just, just kind of like almost illusory, mm. but um, it looks like you've got just faint kind of effervescent gills in your neck. And he does the same to himself and goes, right, uh, I think that should do it. We should be ready to go. Great. That's perfect. Thank you. Um, cool. I'll lead the way. And Tala just kind of like elegantly just like s- slips into the water. <laughs> yeah. She does do that. How do you guys get into the water? Paint me a quick word image. Bodhi just sort of goes in like a child with his sort of legs kind of spinning out the side to, to jump over the water. And then as he enters the water, he sort of dives and actually becomes very smooth and like he was born to do this. Nice. Skylar. He swan dives in. Perfect. Uh, so Tala's going to lead us to wherever she saw them and hope that there's just a convenient cave that says blue hole this way you know on a little little wooden sign <laughs> with an arrow roll me a perception check like that Skylar and Bodhi yours is at disadvantage Tala yours is at advantage that is um, a 7 for me oh it was nearly an at 20 but instead it's a 12 oh yeah I can see up to a mile away underwater with no difficulty Um, mine's okay. a 25 a mile mm-hmm. Bodhi and Skylar like in the time it takes you to adjust to just being in the water, like having your eyes open underwater and working out how you can communicate, and actually learning to breathe with this spell for you, Skylar, I imagine is mm-hmm. quite... He don't trust there's it. There's going to be that instinct at first to like want to hold your breath, and as you do so, you feel these gills that are having water rush in and out of them, oh. and then you realise that the breath that you're holding, it's not in your lungs. Oh, and you realise it's that. already passed through your gills. And the reason you feel like you're suffocating is because you're not inhaling water. But it's very against your natural instinct. And you see Bodhi down there who's just kind of like doing his little swimming motions to try and balance himself. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Tala is just like a fucking dolphin. You guys do have your telepathic conversation rings as well. You do. I hate this. <laughs> it's okay, just it's rough for the first couple of minutes, but as soon as you get past it, it's it's absolutely fine. Just keep keep going, keep going. One breath after the other. So while Skylar and Bodhi are adjusting themselves to being underwater, Tala, you just set off immediately. You know they can contact you if they need to. Mm-hmm. And you go to where the where the zombies were and you get there and you look around and you see there is there is a cave, a very small 
cave, probably about three or four feet tall. Okay. You can roll me a nature check if you'd like, Tala. Always. Um, that's a dirty 20. Ooh. Tala, you know that the rock that the Last Hope is built on is kind of an anomaly out in these waters anyway. Mm. And now you're underneath. It kind of looks a bit like, almost like this rock was like shoved into the ground, which is ridiculous. Just, just, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Because that's not... That's not how the world works. <laughs> that's not how things are. But that's just how it, how it looks. Yeah. And you notice that there are actually lots of these little holes that could be tunnels just around the rock. Um, you reckon there's probably some sort of cave system inside this rock now that Beerbeard has perhaps used for some of his other floors uh-huh. or like ventilation and stuff. And one of these tunnels must lead to the blue hole. There's no way for me to discern which of these would be the best shout. There's only one that you could fit through. Oh, perfect. Problem <laughs> solved. Love that. But the, the, the nature check was just for the nature of the hole. Yes, that's very cool. Okay, thank it, you. It does not seem to be a man a man-made hole. So Tala telepathically just says, "Okay, so I think I found an entrance." Brilliant. So when, whenever you guys are ready, comfortable. I'm, oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's you'll be fine. okay, you'll be okay, you'll be okay. So once they get to the, the cave mouth, Tala just like kind of nods at them and just kind of slips in. Uh, do you guys follow Tala? Yeah, 100%. Cool. You do so. And Bodhi, you seem to have adapted yourself to swimming a bit more naturally. And, and Skyler, you do you used to do a lot of swamp diving. I feel like that's a canonical thing that we've discussed. And actually, for you, Skyler, being in this enclosed space feels a little bit closer to swamp diving. Yeah. Can I have a group survival check, please? <gasps> I am rolling like absolute balls. I have a plus 10 and I've rolled a six. Um, mine is shockingly another dirty 20. Ooh. Wow. Mine's a 13. So we've got... 20, 13, and 16. Mm-hmm. So you guys sort of go through and you're having this telepathic conversation of what route to take. Tala and Skyler, you know that in the blue hole there is a sort of natural-ish, semi-magical turquoisey glow that allows you to be able to see down there. And that light did kind of come out of the blue hole itself into the pool hole. Mm-hmm. And like you guys are looking out for any sort of magical traces or any sense of flow to the water. It takes you a little bit of time, maybe 20 minutes or so, but you do find your way to just a little hole Tala, I imagine you're up, up ahead. Yeah. When you poke your head through it, you seem to be in the side of like a large cylinder under the water, like this enormously wide cylinder. Um, and you reckon you are at some point within the blue hole itself. Is it similar to the place where Hendy and I were when we fought the Abolith? It is, in fact, the place that you <gasps> went down to go and fight oh. the Abolith. So Tala just like telepathically, she, she kind of like feels temporarily sad and then feels kind of happy because it's a nice memory of her and Hendrix. And telepathically, she's just like, so uh, first stop on our tour of the Blue Hole, this little cylinder here is where Hendrix and I fought an abolith once with Shimmer. And just like, kind of like faux, <laughs> those people on buses, tour buses, who kind of like put a hand out as she kind of like is swimming and like waiting to see Bodhi and Skylar and kind of hold an arm out. Oh. Do you swim out <laughs> over the Blue Hole? What do you mean? Out over the blue hole. So you can fit your head out and you can see, but there is not room for your friends to look out over and with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll swim out. That's fine. As you swim out into this blue hole over just this vast expanse of water, like you're doing this semi-sarcastic tour guide thing, but you're aware of just the sheer amount of water above you and below you. And it just feels very deep. And the last time you were here, you were sort of driven to go down to the bottom and kill the thing at the bottom, which is what you and Hendrix and Shimmer were doing. Mm. But now you're just like there. 
just floating there. I think Tyler's also aware that like this is part of the Axelis test. Like she's, it's almost like she's got the above table knowledge that like this is deliberately at a position to make people feel kind of out of their depth almost. Roll me a religion check. Oh, Hendy, help me from beyond. <laughs> Here we go. Here come the bad rolls. That's an eight. Interesting. Okay. Do you think Hendrix discussed with you the nature of becoming one of the Axelis? I'm almost certain that he did. Okay. You know that like the thing you do to become more powerful is to swim to the bottom of a blue hole. Mm. It occurs to you that you've already done that. Oh, Tala just like, I guess she just sticks her head back down through the hole. I imagine that Bodhi might be in the middle. That's the little one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as Bodhi gets closer, Tala just like unclips. You just see like a little, like kind of bluish looking orb. And she just like hands it down to you. Ooh. And it's just like, hey, if you just kind of do this and she kind of just shows you and it lights up. And she's like, you can oh, you can have that. Uh, brilliant. Uh, are you sure? Yeah. Thank you. And she just like hands you like a little thing that she's obviously had like clipped on her clothes. And she's like unclips it and gives it to you so you can like clip it on. Oh, uh, so you can wear it. Brilliant. And I'll clip it to the lapel of my little uh, sort of leather waistcoat. You, you can see like a puff to the shoulders looking at, looking down at it. <laughs> so you have my little sea orb now that just gives you light, basically. That's dead good, that. Thank you. You're I'd... welcome. It's, it's kind of dark, so, you know, kind of creepy, but it's all good. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I don't have anything to give you right now but I'll I'll, I'll I'll work on it I'll work on it it's do fine. not need to until it like comes out of the hole oh <laughs> just kind of sticking her body through weird things I sort of I, I look back at Skylar and just sort of like you know raise my eyebrows and just kind of look a little bit bewildered as I as I swim into the hole as well yeah so Skylar looks at the hole he don't like how deep it is he doesn't like water yeah <laughs> he's like we ain't swimming down there, are we? We're actually swimming up. Oh, phew. Because we've come from the bottom, so we're going, like, you know. Oh, was uh, there's some below us, though, right? The blue hole is a cylinder. Yeah. And you guys are literally coming out of a hole that's in the side of it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Bodhi, as you go out there, for you it's a weird experience... Because I don't think you will have been this low below below water, below sea level. Absolutely not, no. Or had this much water below you without a boat between you and the water. Yeah. And like, you don't have dark vision. You cannot see in the dark. So you've got this torch that's casting this kind of aquamarine glow. The hole itself kind of has this weird bluish dark glow to it. Yeah. And, and you feel like if you dropped a copper, you would never find it again. Oof. And Skylar, as you oof. swim out into this... And I think there's a part of you that remembers the last time you were even near this, there was a charismatic voice in your head mm -hmm. and a very handsome waiter with like a martini glass mm -hmm. or a pina colada glass that was trying to get you to take a dip in the pool. And that was the last time that you were here. Mm -hmm. And you're now in it. You didn't get in it before. So yeah, he's like hanging on to the edge and he's like using the rock face to kind of propel himself up. Mm -hmm. Climbing up, sure. Bodhi, Bodhi looks down, has all of these feelings and uh, immediately kind of looks straight up and uh, just plasters a grin on his face, just thinking everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine. Uh, just sort of like start swimming up uh, towards towards what he, he hopes is the surface. Before Tala swims up, she's just going to look down because I can see a mile, so I just kind of want to see if there's anything discernible. It looks like there are some ropes down there that are tied to some stalagmites and stalactites that are down at the bottom. I hate that. Do you mean like there's like two stalactites and a rope is tying between them or...? Between them, yeah. Huh. You can't see where the ropes go because obviously you can only see so far down. Interesting. Tyler just takes a mental note of that, um, but she will then, yeah, swim up to the to the top. You guys wend your way up 
climbing, floating, drifting, and swimming. As you do, those of you that are swimming kind of feel these, there are like some tides in there, and you see there are others of these kind of small holes in the side of it, and there must just be water moving through it, caused by the pressure of the waves and the sea outside. Eventually you get to the surface, and the surface of this blue pool is calm, but for the ripples caused by your bodies coming out of it. I'd say Tala probably makes a point to kind of just like emerge slowly. Like she doesn't want to burst out of the water in case there's like sure. a meeting happening there. <laughs> so she tries to like kind of just like slowly come up to just to get a check before we... Do you want to roll me a stealth check? That is a 16. Okay. I think Bodhi um, just into both of your heads sort of says, um, I'm just going to wait here for just a second. Just shout down my mind hole if there's anything you need help with, all right? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just not very, I'm not very good at hiding, so I figured if I'm down here, it'll oh, be easier for, for, for me to just go, bah! Do you know what I mean? Bah! I see. Um, oh. If need be. That's fine. <laughs> Sweet booty. Yeah, so Tyler's just gonna, like, do that very, like, slow kind of rise, kind of like how they do in Pirates of the Caribbean. I see, I was yeah. thinking of a hippopotamus, so that's... I was, like hippopotamus, I was also thinking, I think Pocahontas, Pocahontas does it at one point in the Disney movie, yeah. when she's spying on John Smith. Pocahontas. <laughs> yeah. There you go, audience, yeah. there's there's three examples of it. Choose the one that you think is most relevant. Pick one. On, on, your, on your handset. <laughs> Now, <laughs> Tyler, you peep out over the top and you see what basically looks like a kind of bedsit situation. Like there are boxes and there are barrels, there are makeshift chairs, there are hammocks tied to things. <gasps> this is where they've been staying. You do see that there are some candles as well around. They are not currently lit. There's no smoke to suggest when they might have been done either. So they've not been blown out hastily as you've come up. Okay. And no no people? Not as far as you can see. So Tala telepathic is like, I can't see anyone. Looks like people have been like staying up here, like camping out. So I guess oh. we'll just do a little, a little look around. And she's just going to start to emerge, but still on her guard. She's aware that like, hey, people can hide. <laughs> mm. Do you want me to stay here still just in case? Or do you want me to come out? No come up. All right. We're good. All right, sick. And um, he, he sort of emerges and you can just, just hear <laughs> boosh, boosh, boosh. And he sort of <laughs> trips over a stone. And <laughs> as, he, as he stomps within the water itself. I told you. I told you. I just can't. Mm. Uh, DM, can I take a look around to see if I recognise any of the, I'm assuming there's dirty laundry. Stuff, Any yeah. of the sort of bits and pieces, hammocks, anything like yeah, that. Yeah, roll me a perception check. That is a 14. <laughs> 14. As you come out of the water, your eyes sort of adjust to being not underwater. And you look around. It seems fairly nondescript in that sense that there's nothing that immediately stands out. You don't notice, you know, any graffiti that says Billy Bob Jones was here <laughs> or anything. Thank God, because Billy Bob Jones was one of the worst. <laughs> but you do notice a large chalk circle in the centre of the room, sort of that all the things have been gathered around and what looked like it might have been like a bonfire or something seems to be just like some sort of incense or a block of something that has been burned. Ooh. Bodhi, roll me an arcana check. Uh, arcana, arcana. There's been a ritual here. This feels like an Axelus ritual. Oh, dear. Mm. Yeah, thank you. That's a 13 plus 5, 18. Bodhi. You are looking at a teleportation circle. <gasps> this is where they came! <laughs> but more than that, Ooh, nice. oh, you look at it and 
Tana, roll me a history check. Ooh. I saved that immediately, by the way. It's uh, it's a teleportation circle. Oh, shit. 13? Yeah. This is Nakoti history. <gasps> you recognize the shapes of this circle as a certain weird disc-shaped rocky formation on the southwest coast of Nakoti that's got strange markings on it that people reckon are dedicated to different areas of knowledge, like natural knowledge and supernatural knowledge and, and maths and all that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. Bodhi, you see this and where you would normally expect to find rare chalks and inks infused with precious gems. <laughs> you see that, you also see blood Ooh. that has been done there. And you look around and Skylar, roll me a perception check. Roll at advantage because you're going to be kind of on edge. This is a triggering kind of space for you and you never really got a chance to look around. So that's a 13. But a 13 is enough, Skylar, because you look around and you see that there's like ink and stuff all over the walls as well. And like on the ceiling. And as you're all looking around, Tala, you're making this connection that this thing looks like a ritual circle that is outside Nakoti. Mm. And Bodhi, you know this is a teleportation circle, but there's some sort of weird darkness there. And Skylar, you're looking around at the, the sort of the weird ink and maybe blood that's up on the walls. Oh. Bodhi and Tala, you notice Skylar looking around, not at the thing that's in the middle, but instead his eyes are now look looking at something on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And on the ceiling, you see something that Tala makes your blood run cold oh no it looks like a couple of triangles at first and then coming from the triangles are straight lines with jagged ends that end in forks and on the ceiling conjured from gouts of blood black blood that seems to have a blue tint to it you see the symbol for axel <gasps> bodhi in your atlas you have a spell called Word of Recall, oh, sugar. which can summon you and up to five willing creatures to a space you have specially designated as a sanctuary, which is typically a temple which is strongly linked to your deity. Oh, sugar me nipples. Oh, uh, we, uh, we need to do something. We even need to uh, get rid of this or go. For the first time ever, the three of you find yourselves inside a temple created by the religion of the Axolus. Oh, oh my god. Fuck and me. that is where we're going to end the session. Oh, oh my, my goodness. God. Stressful. What's happened to the pool hall? How will our team deal with this dark temple? And why are there ropes at the bottom of the blue hole? Find out next time on Dice in a Slice. <laughs> that's that's now recorded. Stop it. We're making cow noises. Leave me alone. Let me be myself. I really enjoy your cow noise. Do you want to hear another noise that I can yeah, do? Yeah, always. I can, I can do a trumpet. Yes, do it. Hey, I love I've got, got a little damper on it. Great jersey. Yeah, you got a little wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Don't know what they're called. <laughs> a wow, wow. <laughs>